I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I command you in the name of Lucifer to spread the blood of the innocent. And a one, and a two, and a you know what to do. Um, I thought you were going to sing over this. Mm, oh, no, it's oh. you know what to do. Oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Well, that makes two of us. Hi, uh, I'm one of. Welcome to Spooky Time presents A Nightmare on Elm Street Two: Freddy's Revenge. I am one of your hosts today. My name is Kyle, and I don't think this movie is secretly gay. I think it's just having a good time with its buddies. Like it's nothing gay about that. Getting whipped in the shower to death. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Cammy, and I don't think that this movie is secretly gay either. I think it is openly gay. As it should be. As I was watching it, I was reading on Wikipedia about the, you know, the whole controversy and you know yeah. all that jazz, and then then I look up, and I'm dead. Then I just watch uh, watch it for like 15 seconds. Like, no, I see it. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> yes. Someone is coming back to Elm Street. He is not friendly. is not patient and he is not a welcome visitor but he has something terribly special for the new kid on the block it started to happen again you've had some scary dreams okay daddy can't help you now there's something inside Fabulous. So I think we should give some background. Um, so we, of course, this entire season has been has been us redoing episodes that we've done in the past. When we first did this movie, everyone picked up on the homoerotic undertones, except for Kyle. Yes, I, I very much miss those in all kinds of movies and uh, yeah, content media. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I just so, think we're all just having fun. We're all just, you know, yeah. hanging out. It is fun, Kyle. They are having fun. But, um, yeah, it's also, it's, it's pretty gay. It's a gay film. And uh, we love that about it. At least I yeah, do. It's, it's not a point off in my book. Mm-hmm. It, it almost makes it better. I feel like if you're watching this movie with... 
like that 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 third eye closed you know what i mean <laughs> like you don't see the undertones even though they're like definitely overtones in during some parts in this film um it, it the movie is better when you know that it's 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 a little gay you know i agree it's like I mean, I was likening it, likening it to uh, the Babadook and Antlers, where it's just like, mm. no, it's okay if like the issue, like a like a social issue, is a monster. Like that would actually fit really well in this movie. Yeah. I I don't like I don't like that Freddy Krueger's in it. Frankly, he feels out of place with that kind of you know subtext to it. Yeah, I feel like this movie could be more famous if it hadn't been like the sequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, like this should have been a. A standalone, unique movie. Yeah. Yes, but I digress. That's uh, that's what it is, and that's why we're talking about it, because it is a sequel. Um, the immediate cash grab post the fame of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Because this yes. one came out in 85, right? I think so. A year after A Nightmare on Elm Street, if I'm not mistaken. I probably should have written it down. That would have been uh, smart. Yeah, 85. So it came out very soon after the first one. Uh, it was directed by Jack Shoulder, and it was written by David Chaskin, who we will talk about later when we go to Cammy's Fun Fact Corner. Do you like this movie, Kyle? Now that I know there's subtext to it, mm -hmm. I can watch it and, you know, enjoy the scenes for more than just, oh, look at you know, he's in a leather bar. Like, yeah. I wonder, that doesn't mean anything. It's just where he happened to be. Uh -huh. But now that there's more to it, it's like, oh, like, yes. I can I can delve in, as it were. Yes. It has layers. Like a cake. Yes, or an ogre. Um, or, the, or that you... thing in my basement that doesn't stop screaming. Oh, my God. Jared? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he stops screaming. Oh, okay, cool. Um... Want to give us a plot synopsis real quick? I could, I guess. I mean, okay. if that's what the people want, that's what the people are going to get. I think it is what the people want. All right. Mom discovers rock. That's something for a different thing. Oh. <clears throat> All right. So we begin, as we so often do in these things, on Elm Street. A bus drives along, and then it drives some more. And then it suspends itself over a canyon of death, and Freddy Krueger approaches the frightened teens in the back. After a loud beep, <laughs> Freddy says, This has been a test of our dream murder system. In the event of a real dream murder, please note that if you die in the dream, you die for real. Then Jesse wow. wakes up. Alright, so Jesse. He's your typical movie high schooler. His parents bug him, school's a drag, and he's got a crush on the cute girl. But Jesse is atypical in that Freddy Krueger wants to possess him. Now, Jesse doesn't want that, despite the fact that the possession does make him a lot hotter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Freddy's powers are kind of vague, so I don't know if he or Jesse killed the gym teacher, but the gym teacher's dead. <laughs> a lot of it's up in the air right now. Yeah. So Jesse, Jesse is increasingly disturbed about how gay Freddy is making him look in front of his cute girlfriend. And after killing his hot friend, Jesse tries to resist Freddy, but fails and transforms into him, yep. which is 
Freddy's power this time, I guess. Freddy then crashes a pool party, drinks all the beer, knocks over the table of food, and runs into the night. What a huh, jerk. Party foul. <laughs> now it's up to Jesse's beard Lisa to save the day. She goes to Freddy's office and tries to save Jesse with true love's kiss. This sets everything on fire. <laughs> Jesse emerges from the charred remains of Freddy, and all is well. Jesse ends the movie by getting on a bus, and you won't believe what happens next. Wow. The end. Beautiful. Poetry. Yes, sheer poetry. Uh, yeah, this movie's weird in that it has like a, it's like flip-flopped and like his girlfriend Meryl Streep saves him <laughs> at the end. So it's still like, this movie still has the final girl character, even though it was kind of supposed to be Jesse, but he, he's the one who needs saving. He's, or she's the final girl in the sense that. Yeah, she was the last one introduced, and she's the last one doing something. Yeah. She is finally the girl. <laughs> she saves him. And she he does. is grateful. Yeah, so this movie is... I like this movie more now than I did when I first watched it. Because I think the first time I saw it, I was just kind of like... When it comes to the rules of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, when it comes to just the first movie, this movie kind of does a lot wrong. It completely ignores Freddy's powers. You know? Yeah, exactly. And people were upset about that. And this movie just happens to be wedged between the first Nightmare on Elm Street, which is a masterpiece, and the third Nightmare on Elm Street, which is also a masterpiece. And this movie... Yes. This movie, like, to a blind eye, is just okay. You know, it's it's a it's a downturn in, in the series as a whole. I, yeah. def I, I like this one more than I liked... Um, was it The Dream Child? The last couple... Um, I, I didn't like as much as I like this one. I think. Except for New Child, Nightmare. Dream I really like that one. Yeah. Dream, Ch Dream Master is fine. There's a lot is that it? I hate about that movie, though. <clears throat> I think, like, Nightmare on Elm Street 1's a classic. I like it. This one, it's kind of an odd duck, but I like it. Uh, mm -hmm. 3, you know, it's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. And then everything after that is just like, eh. Yeah. I'll watch the scenes with Freddy, but everything else, eh, just toss them. Yeah, it. there are, there are a lot of cool things about the fourth one, but for the most part, I'm just really bummed out about every choice that was made. Almost every choice that was made, I should say. Uh, I digress. We're talking about the second one. So I'll just, I'll hop into the behind the scenes stuff because if it, it, yeah to to the blind eye to the person going into this movie not knowing what to expect having never seen it before you're probably not going to have a very good time with it and you're going to think that it's it's really weird but um and and you know if you're insightful even a little bit unlike our friend Kyle <laughs> you're, you're going to realize that this movie feels really homoerotic it feels like there are 
gay undertones. You know, we've said it a million times already in this show in the past like five minutes. Um, I remember I think when we recorded the first one, I think you or Jarrett mentioned, you know, gay undertones before mm-hmm. we recorded and before I'd watched the movie. I was like, I, I think you guys are probably reaching. I don't, I, didn't, I don't remember that. Then I watched a scene where the sexy gym coach gets stripped naked and beaten in a shower. It's like, oh. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's really like you've got Freddie um, whenever he like confronts Jesse like in his house, you know, by the stairs. And he's like, you've got the body and I've got the brains or and then he's 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 playing that very erotically. Like you don't know if he's gonna kiss Jesse or kill him or what. And um, Robert England says that he did that on purpose a little bit. Um, the entire movie. So the the screenplay was written by David Chaskin, who up until very recently blamed the fact that this movie came off as gay on quote the casting. He basically put it all on Mark Patton, who plays Jesse, um, because he he is gay in real life. Uh, he wasn't out when they made this movie, but eventually he, he did come out. And that's kind of... This movie is why he left Hollywood. He was doing pretty well. He did this movie. Everybody was like, wow, this movie's really gay. And it's the 80s, so we're not ready for that sort of thing yet. Yeah. Especially That's with not cool. Yeah, especially with how like mainstream um, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies became in the 80s. This one was definitely almost like taboo. Not welcome, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, in hindsight, I wish that we could have gotten someone who actually is gay to talk about this movie on our show. But I digress. We're going to do our best with our straight brains. I don't know. Are you gay, Kyle? I don't know. I don't know your life. Straight as the back of a $1 bill. <laughs> Me too. Doesn't it suck? <laughs> anyway. Um, so it was sort of the AIDS crisis coupled with um, this movie that made Mark Patton sort of d- completely detach from, from Hollywood. He um, has AIDS. He became HIV positive in the late 80s, I think, when everybody was getting sick, you know, and he got really sick for a while, but then he got better and he is like doing really well now with his illness. He's one of the lucky ones, you know, that didn't wither away (laughs) and die, you know, and that was it was a, a witch hunt, you know, in the late 80s after Rock Hudson died because Rock Hudson was secretly gay for decades and nobody knew he died of AIDS. Um, Liberace died of AIDS. I mean, everybody knew that Freddie Mercury was gay, but Freddie Mercury died, you know, and, and it just, people had to get blood tests before they signed on to play a role on a TV show or in a movie, you know, because if you had a kissing scene with a woman, she, you know, didn't want to get AIDS. People didn't know about AIDS. They didn't understand it. Um, and also lots and lots of people were assholes and really homophobic <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah. And that's why so many people died, uh, because they really didn't do a whole lot about it. But I digress. So um, David Chaskin, uh, the screenwriter, basically just had fun with the fact that he was being secretive about the fact that he made this movie have gay undertones. 
Um, and he's he admits that. So there's a um, a documentary on Shutter called Scream Queen, and it's it's Mark Patton's story. It's it's his documentary about um, the making of the movie and what how it affected his career and where he's been for the past you know forty years. Because he like up and left. He lived in Mexico for <laughs> oh, for decades, um, and then people really they finally tracked him down, you know. And uh, in in the documentary, he confronts David Chaskin about about the screenplay, and he he has a talk with him, and you know they they clear the air, they squash the beef, uh, because you know he was he was really blaming David Chaskin for the direction that his career took after this movie because yeah. David Chaskin was okay with you know Mark Patton taking the blame yeah for how poorly the movie went and it's not it's not just the fact that this movie's a little gay it's the fact that it it didn't follow any of the rules from the first one like we said before um it's just sort of a mess and, uh, yeah. So, uh, this was the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie that Kevin Yeager worked on. He ended up doing the makeup for this movie. Uh, and it's beautiful. Uh, there are a bunch of scenes that we'll talk about later that I really, really love special effects wise. But, um, yeah, he sort of made the Freddy makeup his own in this movie. And, uh... Yeah, just, I feel like Robert England kind of really comes into the character in this movie, too, even though they're sort of fucking with the rules <laughs> that Freddy yeah. follows, you know? So, um, that being said, they cast someone else to play Freddy. They cast some stuntman to play Freddy in this movie because they didn't want to give Robert England a pay raise. Those stupid assholes. I know. So they started doing like, you know, test shots, test screenings with uh, this new guy. And he just, he, you know, it, it wasn't Freddy. So they ended up forking over the money so that Robert England could uh, could be Freddy again. And Isn't thank God fabulous? they did. I know. It's it's so nice. Um, yeah. In the opening sequence, the bus driver is Robert England, too. I did catch that. I think I've caught that the last couple, uh, couple yeah. times I've seen this. Not necessarily a fun fact, because I think you're kind of supposed to know that it's him. Um, a real Easter egg for the eagle-eyed viewers. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, like, is that Freddy? Oh, something's about to happen on this bus. Yeah. And um, Wes Craven really didn't like this movie he didn't want to work on this movie because of the way that they changed everything from the first one um i could see that they took freddie who was kind of a a unique and inspired kind of monster and villain and kind of eh, it, in a way blanded him out where he's just like a spooky ghost not a yeah. dream monster exactly yeah um he really didn't like the idea of freddie being able to get someone to commit murder for him <laughs> yeah that's i thought freddie was a murderer and that he just wanted to kill people maybe yeah. it's like a fun a fun lark he can take a break and let someone else do it but he is the primary doer of these things 
Exactly. Yes. So uh, that being said, if you want to learn any more about this movie, I highly recommend um, both Scream Queen, um, My Nightmare on Elm Street. I can't. I think that's the tagline for the movie, the Mark Patton documentary. That's on Shutter. Um, and also, Never Sleep Again is um, a big, giant documentary about all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh, that one is also a really good watch. If you want to learn anything and everything about this film and the other Nightmare on Elm Street films, so, uh, are those yeah. other your locks of the week? Locks of the week, yes. Never Cha-ching. sleep again. I don't think Never Sleep Again is on Shutter anymore. You'd probably have to find it somewhere else. But Scream Queen is a Shutter exclusive, uh, and I think it might be a Shutter like original. So, yeah, oh. check those out. Shutter's been piquing my interest a little bit of late they're yeah. doing better than they have been like i know i'm kind of biased but shutter is like my favorite streaming service right now besides maybe hbo max oh i would say it's definitely not mine just because it doesn't have the volume i require ah uh, but course. i watched a movie on there last night called the seed uh-huh and i was surprised by how much i like that with the description of it being like three friends go to a cabin <laughs> stuff happens <laughs> it's like oh that wow. sounds bad then i watched it and it's like no oh, it was actually pretty good <laughs> sick beautiful oh i'm gonna go off on one more tangent that we can go back to elm street okay i've been noticing netflix has been doing this infuriating thing where uh-huh. they'll like they'll put like a new movie on their service and i'll click it and it's like oh what's this one about and it's like this movie from director a stars actors b and c and it's like that's it Ugh. what does that tell me like that's ridiculous the title of your movie is like crimson rose like i need to know what this movie is mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's infuriating <laughs> that's I not a description let's say if i wanted to know who the director and actors were i'd look slightly to the right where you list the director and the actors mm-hmm. These uh, people, okay i swear that was that was my little rant that's been bubbling up in me for a while now <laughs> All right, right, any more about Elm Street? What? Any more about Elm Street? Uh, no, let's let's talk about uh, what what we want to talk about. <laughs> let's talk about some scenes, <laughs> some fun stuff about this movie. Um, I really like the opening scene. I think it's probably my favorite. It's good. Yeah. Um, and and his scream when he wakes up, like that scream is <laughs> mommy beautiful yeah he's he's really good at screaming in this movie everybody says that he screams like a girl and i'm like so he just I would say he, he screams, screams like a human he screams realistically like yeah i am a dude that doesn't mean when i'm screaming i'm like Ugh. i would <laughs> yeah. get high pitched like that and you know panicky it's not like a metal song you know nobody screams yeah. like that in real life when they're scared nobody nobody nope um, yeah. I really love the part um, whenever he's, they're both in um, his friend's room. What's his name? Ricky? Sticky? His hot friend. Who knows? Mickey. Uh, Mickey? <laughs> Why can't I remember his name? What's wrong with me? Welcome right to my here world. here in front of me. Beautiful. Ron. Ugh. Ron. Oh, Ron, we were nowhere close. Nope, I was not close even a little bit. 
But, um, yeah, he, when Freddy starts coming out of his body. Grady? What? It's starting to happen again. That is such a cool scene. That's so well done, special effects wise. It's super creepy and really gory and just, it makes your skin crawl. And it's, it's really good. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, really good. Yeah. And like that coupled with like his dad being outside the door and like his dad can't do anything while he's like screaming for help. It's like, that's really scary. That's a really like fucked up concept to make a parent watch or (laughs) go through um yeah and this idea that like all this between me and like saving my son is this door which was really designed to open and really should be doing that now it's just gotta be so frustrating and terrifying that's like the number one scariest thing as a parent is like watching your child suffer and not being able to do anything about it yeah or 
you know, having to listen to them die through a door <laughs> by a dream demon. With Who loves finger knives for heretofore unexplained reasons. Exactly. It's because he likes tomatoes. Is that his tomato to slicing glove? Yeah. Those are tomato knives on Freddy's glove. Fun fact. Oh, really? Extra oh. fun fact. Those are tomato knives. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I thought they were just knives. <laughs> Prop knives that some guy thought looked scary. Uh, nope. I like just after this scene, mm-hmm. if we're talking about subtle gay you know tones uh mm-hmm. when he goes back to his girlfriend's house and he's covered in blood and he's doing kind of that hand thing like god just get away like i am ah i can't it's hard to describe without being stereotypical uh-huh. yeah but um he he does a lot of yeah stereotypical maybe feminine gestures and it's like oh there it is again yeah how did i not see this and i think it's hard to do like the final girl trope with a guy without making it sort of feminine especially when that's what you've been fed for the past let's think about this so this movie came out in 1985 um the slasher genre was really like jump started by halloween when halloween came out in 1978 so you had six years seven years i'm not doing the math right seven years of like slasher after slasher after slasher um in the early 80s and it was all women at the end of these movies every single one of them and they so, weren't necessarily like tough or strong women like at the end they you know they rally but throughout it they're being terrified and scared and running. yeah exactly and so they just did that and put a guy in their place and so of course everybody was going to be like oh he's feminine because they put him in a feminine role, a typically feminine role. A uh, man wouldn't scream he, and run. <laughs> he he could be like the most macho. He could be Bruce Campbell, who is the only like <laughs> final boy I can think of besides Mark Patton. Um, but I mean, swap him with Ron and, you know, Ron would still have feminine. Yeah, exactly. To that it role. Would, it would feel feminine simply because that is, you know. What we're conditioned to, to expect. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so great. Um, this viewing was the first time I really, I think, concretely realized that anytime Freddie does something, like the temperature rises in some way around... Uh, Jesse, or around wherever it's going to happen. Yes, he's a very sweaty boy throughout this movie. He is. Yeah. Um, whether it's like the shower scene or like the gay bar, it's a very sweaty place. All he does is wake up and sweat and scream. Well, I mean, his when his birds are possessed, I think one of them catches fire or like the house starts, appliances start melting whenever Jesse walks by. Yeah. Like there's just a, a literal fire element just following him whenever Freddy shows up. The pool uh-huh. fucking boils when Freddy attacks the pool party. Yeah. And that's, I mean, of course they did that on purpose. They had to have done it on yeah. purpose. But um, it's a cool thing to sort of keep coming back to. It's one of the only things that really made Freddy, like, <laughs> that was, I guess, normal throughout the movie, if that makes sense. Um, without really breaking any rules... Um, but it, it, it's still affecting like real life, which wasn't, yeah. uh, no, it, it, it kind of was, 
in the first one, but it was really only when when these kids were being killed. Yeah, their the, the bodies dreaming. are rolling around all over the place, and like the blood in Johnny Depp's room in the first yeah. one. It's, yeah, he can yeah. affect the real world, but it's it was supposed to always be through a dream. Like he can't tie a blanket to hang that one guy unless he's asleep and dreaming it. Yeah. And this one, yeah, this was definitely much more of a a haunting and possession movie than a dream demon movie. Yeah, exactly. It it doesn't quite have that the feel of the rest of the movies. This one was a a test almost, you know. Yeah, like do we heed the words of Wes Craven or do we try something new? Mm-hmm. And afterwards like, damn, Wes, we were sorry. You were right. <laughs> I hate when that giant tongue comes out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. That was gross. All right, when things are getting hot and heavy, too. Yeah. And, like, the pool party scene is fun, I guess, but it, like... That belongs in a later sequel kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and it's, Freddy's it's not completely... Freddy's not that guy yet. Yeah, it's completely, like, disqualified um, because... It's all taking place in real life, which sucks. Yeah. People really hate that scene, but it's it's kind of Freddy's... fun seeing everything like explode and boil and everything's super hot and the guy touches a fence and there's now. a force field. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a really fun sequence, but it doesn't it just doesn't fit. This entire movie just doesn't fit into that Nightmare on Elm Street puzzle quite correctly. Yeah, it's it's the Which black sheet of the Elm Street good thing. family. Yeah. Um, excuse yeah. me. Ugh, I'm tired. Um, I think 40 years on, almost 40 years on now, it's... You can kind of look back on this movie a little more fondly than, you know, even in the early 90s or when this movie came out because, you know, it was in the present. It was brand new. But once it becomes vintage, it becomes a little easier to swallow. And I think that's, yeah, that's what everyone appreciates about 80s horror, especially now. It's fun. Yeah. 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 Any more scenes you want to talk about? Um, it's not a scene per se, but I like that he becomes friends with his bully. Yeah. It's just, it's such a much more realistic high school thing of like, mm-hmm. yeah, that guy's being a dick, but then, you know, we go through detention together. Yeah, you can sit at my lunch table and then eventually he's like, yeah, like there's a demon in me. You're, <laughs> you're my go-to guy. Yeah. I'd rather talk to you than my girlfriend. Yeah. You don't, she doesn't understand me like you do, Ron. <laughs> For real, though. Like, he leaves his girlfriend to go talk to his friend. Come on. About these this horrible impulse he had while making out with his girl. Topless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's just it's so much... That kind of, you know, evolution in a relationship in high school is so much more enjoyable to me than, like, what if this bully also stabbed you? It's like, yeah. high school bullies don't often do that. I don't, I don't know what Stephen yeah. King, what happened to him, but no one <laughs> acts like that. Yeah, typically they just use their words. But I, I think also, like, bullies were a lot more intense back in the 50s and 60s. I mean, I can imagine them beating the crap out of you more often. 
But like, I don't know. Some bullies in these movies are like, yeah, like you know, he knocked me down in front of the girl. I'm gonna set his dog on fire, and then his wife, or then his girlfriend. <laughs> it's like that's such a heavy escalation into the absurd, almost. Like, yeah, it's a weird revenge. That's not. They don't equal out. Yeah. At all. You know what they need to do with an Elm Street movie if they want to make another one? Uh, have Freddy attack actual children, like uh, it style, or Stranger Things. Like, give oh my me. My God, really. <laughs> That's what you want? Well, yeah. I mean, well, let's using it and Stranger Things as my template. Like, you can get kids who can act and, you know, can do these horror movies without it being, you know, weird or, like, unsavory. Mm-hmm. Like, it tormented, you know, those six kids. And I was cool with it for two and a half hours. Like, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, does it have to happen to children? I was like, no, keep it going. Mm-hmm. I think Freddie should try that next since he is a child murderer maybe he should attempt that again perhaps he's always going for the adults now yeah well it's because of the whole revenge because they killed him thing you know yeah but i mean as the sequels go on the revenge becomes kind of less of a thing like there's Mm -hmm. no way all 90 of his victims up to date were children of those people like there are definitely some fresh faces there oh yeah of course naturally yeah um all right shall we rate this movie uh yeah all right yeah let's do it season finale here we go one through five fond memories because this is a nostalgia filled revisit month Mm-hmm. Or, if it's the greatest movie you've ever seen, you give it a big old pair of rose-colored glasses. Cammy. Yes. What's, what's your number? Um, I'm going to give this one a three. Ooh, a three. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. I think... Yeah. I'll give it a three, too. It would be a two, because it's not really an Elm Street movie. Uh-huh. But once you learn all the back all the background stuff, and if you're smarter than me, if you picked up on it the first time around... <laughs> That it gives it another dimension that boost yeah. gives, knocks it back up to three. Well, all right. That is just about it for us today. Uh, we'll be taking a couple weeks off to rest, mm-hmm. recuperate, and uh, recalibrate my fucking equipment, which I don't know if you can hear it breaking, but it is currently breaking. You're, <laughs> you're on your last legs again, Kyle. Yes, yes, I'm just not you very poor, good. Poor man. Well, all right, join us in a couple weeks. We'll have a new season. It'll be fun and exciting and uh, fun. Probably some excitement, too. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Cammy, where can we find you if we wanted to? Um, in the meantime, while you're waiting for our next season, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Magic Ghost Baby. You can find our show and our network on Instagram at Spooky Time Presents and Spooky Time Network, respectively. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, oh, Jared's not here, but if you want to find him on the internet he's on instagram at shin underscore drag that'll be listed in the show notes i'm not going to tell you how to spell it kyle where can we find you uh find me kyle at twitter at fivel 
goes west. It's all one word. I watched The Great Mouse Detective last night. And let did me tell you, you. Did you like I it? I did. Well, let me tell you this. What? Uh, Fievel Mouskowitz could outsmart Professor Ratbone, but The Great Mouse Detective could not have helped unleash the secret weapon. You don't think there. so? You mean Movie Radigan? Rat. Radigan, Ratbutt, whatever. It's not whatever. How do His you? name has the word rat in it, and it was vaguely British sounding. <laughs> Lord Rathbone, Lord Ratbutt. Rathbone. But yes. Uh, if you want to donate to the Patreon, if I see a new $5 donation, I will re- record and release an episode where I rate movie mice. <laughs> May I join you on that endeavor? <laughs> that sounds really yes. fun. Okay, cool. Thanks. I'm just trying to think of who we'd include. Fievel, obviously, the mouse detective, the rescuers, uh-huh. which I actually turned off after the mouse detective stopped, or after I finished the mouse detective. Wow. There's Mickey Stewart Little, the one from Mouse Hunt. Uh, yeah. Though, the uh, one from Ratat- Ratatouille. He's a rat. He counts. Oh, okay. When you're, when you're inside, you're a mouse. When you're outside, you're a rat. I don't think that's how it works. Mice? I thought she had rats. No, rats are outside. Mice are inside. Yo, but what if a mouse goes outside? Does it become a rat? And if a rat is in the house, is it a mouse? I ain't never seen no mouse outside. That's what I'm saying. That's because it's a rat, fool. Hey. Yeah, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. That's well, like saying that a, that a lady goat is a sheep. Like, that's, that's well, the that's, same thing. That's a... You're basing yourself of gender. I'm basing mine off of location. That's a difference. Sure, Kyle. All right. It's really more of a of a, a state of mind being a rat. Uh, okay. So join us soon for Mouse Fest 2022. <laughs> oh, we should, that should be the name of our Halloween thing, at the Mouse of Madness. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. If you can think of any more mice to add to the list, let me know. Yes. Email us at spookytimewithknj at gmail.com. Oh, I didn't say the name of the Patreon thing. Patreon.com slash Spooky Time Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. One one new $5 donation and you get my mouse list. Beautiful. Shazam. (laughs) All right. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.